to another episode of What a New Vision. Welcome to our new World Cup qualifiers preview of the first ever podcast dedicated to Paraguayan football in English. As always, I'm Roberto Rojas, and joining me as always are my three great co-hosts. And guys, I mean, this is it. We've kindly reached the new matches of World Cup qualification. We finally saw our beloved Paraguay play their first two games last month against Peru and Venezuela, one that ended in a 2-2 draw and the other one that ended in a 1-0 win against uh, Venezuela. So good start for now. Now we have two other games that we'll be talking about, two big games, I would say, uh, against the classic rival of Argentina, then against Bolivia at home. I mean, super excited for this one. Can't wait to talk about it. So let's go straight to it. But firstly, let's go straight to the mother country where Fede, I mean, if, if we had too much football trying to get mixed up all in all around the world, I mean, certainly in Paraguay, you got games happening on the day of the World Cup qualifiers i mean it's insane but anyway how are you man it's a week with a lot of football here hi roberto hi maria hi ralph hello hello Baeshapa, guys you know maria wanted me to say something in Guarani, so there we go that's a little hello how are you in our sweet Guarani? for those who don't know also our official native language besides spanish obviously here in the country well it's a week with tons of football, like I said. The, the national team will play on Thursday. But meanwhile, we have a lot of matches uh, here during the week, the local tournament going on. Uh, because of the COVID, we have a, a tight schedule, Olympia, and it's always rival Cerro Porteño going at it, uh, but not in the field, uh, confronting for different reasons. Uh, first, because they had an agreement due to the tight calendar that I was talking about uh, ending the year. Uh, this agreement was to play no matter what, but and this weekend was, was supposed to be the day that the Super Clásico was supposed to happen between Olympia and Cerro Porteño. Uh, that agreement was not respected by Cerro Porteño. Olympia thought that it was going to be respected, so there we the, the two biggest teams in Paraguay kind of kind of crashed there in these last couple of days. It's not the only issue that's giving that's giving trouble with to Olympia from Cerro Porteño because they also. Are, are talking about putting pressure on the FA to to dig in deeper into something that we talked about here in in, in what a new vision also in in previous episodes you know the Marco Trovato issue the fixed games in four different tournaments Cerro Porteño wants a committee to go after that also so there's a lot of things going on here in Paraguay besides uh, the Albirroja this week we have those matches going on Cerro Porteño not playing they're not playing the Super Clásico they're not playing the match uh, during the week either but we will talk about Albirroja today preview of the next two matches many injured uh, also due to the uh, due to different reasons actually and many of these players were in our coaches plans we came out strong i believe after the first two matches with four points versus peru and versus venezuela but with just so much to improve also right versus argentina it's always special for the paraguayan people and then we have bolivia that has a coach that that worked actually here in paraguay for a certain time, uh, Cesar Farias. So he probably knows some a, a thing or two about our Paraguayan players. And Berizzo is going to have to be ready with a good game plan, obviously, versus Argentina and pick the right players in these circumstances. And, and certainly, you know, we look at these two games and, you know, I'll introduce Maria here as well. I mean, this is it. I mean, you know, these are one of the few games that, of course, every game is important for um, for Paraguay in these World Cup qualifiers. But, you know, ultimately, when you're playing against your your big rivals, that's the one people want to circle on. That's the game that everyone's uh, focused on. I mean, how do you feel uh, heading into this game on Thursday and then obviously the game against Bolivia on, on Tuesday? Yeah, definitely. Definitely an exciting week again. Um, hey, guys. Uh, um, but Ishapa, like uh, Fede was saying, um, you know, it's been a crazy couple of days. I was just thinking about it and I think it just um, came back into like, I, I kind of realized it. it's been such a crazy week, past couple of days here in the United States that I kind of not, I'm not gonna say I forgot, but it kind of just threw me off the, the, the edge, the fact that Paraguay is playing again and against Argentina, which is one of our, our, our biggest rivals. So it's definitely um, going to be not just exciting, but a lot of uh, feelings, a lot of sentiments, a lot of, of uh, I guess, rivalry and, and pride that, that we have uh, uh, for our country. Um, we'll be seeing that this uh, this Thursday and, uh, you know, just happy that 
the Albirroja, Albirroja is back. Unfortunately, like Fede said, there are a couple of players that were um, that are gonna miss this this uh, next coming game and this next two games. I'm sorry, but you know it is what it is. We'll see what happens, and um, Beriso hopefully makes the right calls and 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 works with what what he has. But I, I think that we still have a good team, um, although we have one of the biggest games, uh, one of the biggest names out. I still think that we have a, a good team, but you know we'll, we'll see. Um, we tend to have good um, uh, good results with Argentina, with Bolivia. Uh, it's it's a tough one to call, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm certainly excited. And yeah, I think to repeat your sentiments and, and introduce Ralph as well. I mean, certainly you and I both know, having chatted over the last few days, it, it feels like this election cycle has kind of even. We kind of like forgot that there's actually football happening and we're also fixed onto like states like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada. And it, we, we have to stop and think for a second, like, wait a minute. No, there's other things besides that. But uh, how are you, Ralph? And, you know, certainly it's uh, it's the big one. Like I said, I mean, you know, these these two teams like to play against each other. They're always tight games. Historically, they've always fared out. I mean, obviously the connection um, from immigrants as well, you know, the biggest immigrant community in, in Argentina are of Paraguayans. You have Argentine-born Paraguayans on this national team. I mean, there's a lot of storylines heading into this game. Yeah, for sure. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody watching. Should I speak saying what I need something? Uh, there you go. Ipora, Ipora. There we go. <laughs> there the last go. word. Um, Yes, I mean, I think like Maria said, it kind of it kind of crept up on me too, this game, because not only did we have the election here in Miami, we had a storm that came on Monday. So like no school for my kids, all that kind of stuff. But here we are, it's like we're all modo albiroca, we're all like ready to go. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's exciting. I think this game is always really interesting, the away fixture with Argentina, because it's one of the away games that you're not kind of expected to get points from. But Paraguay historically always have. So then I think there's always a lot of excitement and there's less pressure than even the home fixture because you're playing away. Um, totally different to say going to another big rival, Brazil, where pretty much nobody is, nobody can take points off Brazil in Brazil. So this is a game you always go into thinking, maybe we've got a chance historically, we've done it before. And I think like you said, Roberto, there's, there's so many stories from from Argentina and Paraguay, they share a lot of things, a lot, a lot of culture. There's a lot of crossover, more so than their other neighbors who are, who are Brazil and Bolivia. So I think there's always like a nice, interesting rivalry going on. And I think we'll have a, a good game on Thursday because both teams have a couple of injuries. Paraguay are maybe a team in the ascendancy. And I would say Argentina's a team kind of still trying to find its way Scaloni. So yeah, I think it's, it's good. Looking forward to it. And let's hopefully get a positive result there to take back to Defensores for, for the game against Bolivia. Well, it's good that you mentioned that as well. I think certainly um, the game is always a classic one. You know, you had mentioned, yeah, it, it kind of feels as if though heading into this game, one must feel confident. I mean, certainly we understand that it's Argentina. You have the best player in the world, Lionel Messi. You know what you get. But if you remember, guys, in the in the interview that we did with Diego Gavilan a couple of days ago, like these guys, like they know they're up for the task. Like I'm not. This isn't to say that they won't play their hardest, regardless of the opponent. But it's something special when you're playing against your big rival, especially away from home. And, and Ralph, going into you on this one as well. Historically, Paraguay don't have a good record against Argentina. But having said that, over the last encounters that they played, and they will play in Buenos Aires in, in La Bombonera. They've done pretty well, actually. You know, five draws, I think, in their last in the last times that they played each other in in Buenos Aires. So historically, it could favor Paraguay in this case. I mean, how do you how do you see this coming about, and and how do you see Argentina? Like you said, you know, they have some injuries as well. I was like looking at some of the lineups that we saw, and even from what we saw in the in the first two games. I mean, they beat Ecuador obviously in the first game, but that was due to a penalty. Uh, from Lionel Messi, and they had to come back against Bolivia over there in altitude. So even though they did get six points in their first two games, you could still say that maybe they're not just as convincing as one would say. So maybe that plays into our factor, especially given that we've already played uh, Argentina almost over a year ago as well in the Copa America, that it can favor us. It can really it can really favor us heading into, into this game on Thursday. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, firstly, talking about the historic performance in, in Buenos Aires, you're right that in World Cup qualifiers, uh, Paraguay have drawn five games in a row, dating back to 1993. And then most recently, the last time they played, there was 2008, where they got a one-all draw when Gabriel Einze, Einze scored an own goal for, for in Paraguay's favour. Um, in fact, the only time they've lost since we started the round-robbing uh, format, so in the, in the early 90s, the only time we lost was 2012 in, in Córdoba with, uh, I think, Johnny Favreau scored a penalty and we lost 3-1 that game. That's the only time we've lost in Argentina. And that was arguably the worst side we had and the worst period Paraguay been in in qualifiers recently with, with Peluso as the coach. I was looking at that lineup that day. I mean, it was a long time ago. But none of those players are, are even close to the squad, even the young ones. So I think it's really, you know, it's really a very different, uh, a different team and a much stronger team to the one time we have lost. And there's definitely the motivation. There's always a motivation to play against Argentina. There's less pressure because you're playing away from home, like I, I mentioned earlier. So I really think what we've got here is, is a good chance with all those kind of external factors, so like history, motivation. And then on the pitch, um, we go back to the, to the Copa America game a year ago, which was our most recent test. And it was a game that Paraguay performed very well in. It's a game that somebody like Almiron, who we talked about so much on the show, but it's a kind of game he likes because you'll have a team that will actually come to, to pressure Paraguay. It will leave space on the counter-attack, which maybe Peru didn't do because Peru played that game very, uh, very intelligently. So this will give us give us those kind of spaces and opportunities we didn't see in the first two games. Um, so I'm confident. I think there's definitely there's definitely a chance to get something out of this game. I was listening to you, Ralph, and you know I was thinking also what Argentina has kept all these years, right? I remember most of those games that you were mentioning because I, I used I, I used to travel a lot actually before COVID, before all the before all these problems to to, to travel. We, we we always be at these matches, you know, we were, I was in Cordoba that, that day that you talked about Peluso and, and those guys. And I remember Di Maria, I remember Messi already being there and being stars of these national teams. So, so Argentina has historic players, but there's been these games lately where I think uh, Berizzo and even Scaloni probably can get a, a lot of out of it, you know, for their strategy towards this game. They 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 faced each other off lately, and I don't know if that's going to be an advantage to to who who's who's going to uh, uh, you know take more advantage of that situation. Uh, strategy wise, it's going to be a good matchup also between Berizzo and Scaloni. They're both young coaches and they're winning their space in the in their in their national teams also. You know, Berizzo. We've questioned some things here, and Scaloni, I believe, uh, still doesn't have the people uh, by his side in Argentina also. So the, these are two coaches that still need to convince. And even with the players inside the pitch also, you know, we, we have Sanchez, we have Richard Sanchez, we have Matias Rojas that is coming back now uh, to the squad. These guys have faced off against Argentina lately. They've been against Messi. They've even in most cases been successful in stopping Messi. So maybe that's something on Berizzo's mind also, because it's got to be part of the game plan, right? You have to stop one of the best players in the world. Um, definitely agree with the, both of you guys. And um, I just want to re-mention re the fact that um, Diego in our last interview also talked about the, the fact that you know, playing with, with Argentina is such a, a big deal, but it's also expected. Like the results are also expected. We've had um, a bunch of draws and, um, you know, we can expect at least take away one point from Argentina. So uh, hopefully it's three, but, you know, it's, it's expected of, of Paraguay to, to just do, I guess, the bare minimum and, and, and yes, and winning, of course. And but um, I think that's kind of the mentality that Paraguay has had for for a while now. But I think they definitely need to change that as well. Um, start start winning games. Although it, it could be scary, you know, playing against Argentina, playing against um, Brazil, Brazil, and and but we we can't continue with that mentality. 
And um, echoing with what Fede was saying about having players that uh, understand the, the Argentina uh, team, such as, for example, we have a, a, a good example with um, Sanabria that knows how to play uh, with Messi or against Messi in, the, in, in La Liga. So those are the kind of players that Beriso could, could keep in mind and, and, and try him out better. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and again, like I said, I think obviously we have beaten Argentina. You know, that's not foreign to us. Like we know that we can get a result against them, especially at their home turf. So this isn't to say that we can go there and just hope for a draw or something. Like, no, I think the mentality has changed and like we can get something. And if we're able to win, I think I think a result like this, especially if they they get the three points, I think that makes us much more serious. I think ultimately it, it puts us into a more uh, better landscape for many other nations that maybe are not too convinced yet or are just wondering like, hey, you know, is this Paraguay side for real or, or are they just this? And I think if they're able to get a good result against Argentina, then that would prove some of the doubters wrong. Um, you know, it's going to be a great game. And I think ultimately as well, a good result would ultimately head into better motivation for the next game against Bolivia at the Defensores. Obviously, I want to repeat what Diego said. He, he said that he feels more fearful for that game than the one against Argentina. And it kind of feels weird as well because, you know, obviously history proves that we have never lost to Bolivia in World Cup qualifying at home ever. You know, perfect record so far. Um, this Bolivia side, I think, is maybe one of the poorest, if not the poorest Bolivia side in quite some time. They got smashed by Brazil in their first game and they, they blew a 2-1 lead. Uh, they blew, yeah, they, they lost 2-1 at home to Argentina. So they, um, they're they not in a good shape at the moment. But even then, Maria, I remember you were saying this in our first preview, that you shouldn't underestimate these opponents. It doesn't matter if you're Bolivia or Brazil or whatever. Like, you have to treat them with respect. And and just play your game, honestly. Like, ultimately, I think on paper, you, you should win. And it, it should be a result that should be a convincing win, not like a one nil or, or two one or something like, no, I think it has to be convincing because you're at home. You want to win obviously at home and have a good record, but to do it in a convincing way, I think is, is just as important. I mean, you know, uh, Maria, I'll, I'll go to you on this one. I think, I think, um, I think that game is, is very, is just maybe even, I think more important than the one against Argentina because you have history on your side and you're at home and, Sometimes the overconfidence can get to you, and that's one that's one factor where it can come back to bite you, and you don't get the result that you want. No, you're you're definitely right. It, it's it's something that we can't take uh, for granted. The fact that we have won the uh, you know we have a perfect record against Bolivia, and we're at home, so you know the the comfortable feelings come around, and you know the the team might feel like. Okay, you know it's Bolivia. They got trashed this this uh, last two games that they had against Argentina and Brazil. But you know, um, I think it's it's one of the games that we can definitely get a, a good three points out of. And not only that, but continue the the practice that they need. Continue that uh, you know Veriso putting uh, testing. You know who can play better. You know, remember we're still in the first phase and. And we still have a bunch of games to go through, but it's important to keep practicing and keep uh, that mentality that, 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 you know, we need to figure out who works with who and, and what works best. So it's, it could be one of those games as well. And I think um, historically, yeah, we've won all nine games against Bolivia at home, but it hasn't always been plain sailing. I was checking some of the results because I actually remember Fede talking about going to games. I, I went to the qualifier against Bolivia in 2009. So when it was the good team, like, you know, the Martino team, Cavanias was playing. It's actually in that game, Cavanias scored his last ever goal for the national team in, in Paraguay. He'd only go and score one more afterwards. Um, and that game was 1-0 and Cavanias scored a penalty. It was a horrible game against Bolivia when really we should have been winning easily. And I actually look further back, even the great team, the classic team of, of 1998 in, on, on the road to the qualifiers, they beat Bolivia 2-1 in 1997 with goals from Peque Benitez, who was a, a great player in his day. And, and of course, Carlos Camarra, uh, who's uh, you know one of the all-time great defenders for Paraguay. 
but they have struggled. And I think is exactly the kind of things we're talking about is that possible complacency, um, that, that feeling maybe that, okay, this, you know, the pressure is all on us now because we guarantee we should be guaranteed these, these, uh, these three points. And even the last game, uh, the last qualifier was also a two, one, a two, one win. So again, a tight game. So while we're hoping for, for Paraguay to, to hopefully steamroller, because this is a side that in Bolivia, they're not even playing football yet. They haven't come back from the, from the break. There's no local football. Um, and you know, there's, there's all kinds of problems going on with their, with their association and, and their, you know, the payment of, of, of basic things like the transport, the players, all that kind of thing. Um, but despite that, there's still a lot of pressure on Paraguay. So, I mean, if I had to predict, I predict they'd win, but it might be harder for than than we're all hoping. You know, I, I think Ralph, not even their coach wants to be in this team. I, I've heard something that Cesar Farias wanted to ask for some vacations uh, on his free time. He wants to to coach a, 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 a club or something. So I, I believe not even his coach wants to be in this team. That's a funny thing going on in Bolivia. You, you never know what to expect from them, right? You're always thinking that you're going to crush their heads. And then you have games like the ones that you're mentioning. You have those tight games that are, you suffer more than what you expect. But, you know, more than anything, what you hope to get out of this match versus Bolivia is a lot of a, a lot of chances in front of the goal, which is something that we didn't have versus Venezuela, that we didn't have versus Peru. So in those matches versus the weak teams, you know, you, you have to show your stronger side. You have to show that you're a team that can also attack, that can have the ball. This is something that Berisa always talks about. So you may, maybe you won't have the ball that much versus Argentina, but versus Bolivia, I, I think everybody is is expecting for for Paraguay to have the ball and and show that that he can not only handle the ball but also show that he can do something with it which, which is also something that we talked about and, and something that the team needs to evolve uh, in that sense uh, but I think the big test is going to be Argentina this is the big match or, or the last big match in the end of the year you know uh, we need to show even the guys I believe in the locker room this is important for them to to know that that they're up there with the big teams you know that they're ready uh, against teams like Argentina like they did in Copa America, but the style is changing also. I remember those games in Copa America versus Argentina versus Brazil, and we were way too defensive. And now we're trying to have the ball more and we're trying to, to play with more attacking players. And I hope we see that against Argentina, even if we're the away team, even if, if a tie doesn't look like a bad result, but from the, from the get-go, from the first moment of the, of the game, from, from the start of the game, I'm expecting a, a, a team to try to play the same way we played against uh, Peru and versus Venezuela because that's the, the speech from Berizzo also you that's we we have to have that 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 style in in every match we have to play the same way that's what you're gonna expect out of the team also I just wanted to also point out that the fact that we have away and and home games doesn't really make a difference nowadays because of COVID. So I think we have a good advantage uh, playing in Argentina, away in Argentina, even though we had had good results before, but you know, it's something to consider as well. Yeah, I was about to say, I think um, obviously we all know how historic La Bombonera is when it's packed, um, be it a Boca game or even an Argentina game, but and, yeah, and we have, Roberto, a lot of players that also play in Argentina, right? If you look That's at this right. squad, most players have even have either played before or they're playing now in the Argentina League also. Yeah, and, and I think that's important. I think, obviously, we have a lot of players that have played against Argentina, have played in the league, have, you know, like Maria said, have played against players who are at Argentina. Um, you know, we, we saw this weekend with uh, Antonio Sanabria scoring against Barcelona, where Messi also scored as well, so... Yeah, there is that kind of familiar aspect. So to add into just more of the storylines heading into this one, it's uh, it's a feeling of, of feeling optimistic, but cautiously, I think. I think ultimately they know what they expect when it comes to Argentina. And yeah, again, I think the Bolivia one is, is a game where you have so many players fighting for these spots that they want to continue to go back to these next games next year so that they can continue being part of a of a squad and a base of players that will consistently play all these World Cup qualifiers. So it'll be interesting. It, it will be a really interesting game for, for us and for everyone else. 
I want to ask you guys a question. I'm going to take you guys off the road maybe for a second there. But I'd like to know what player we haven't seen yet out of Barisa, out of all the ones that he's calling out. There's even players that he called last time that didn't play, that weren't even called on this for these two matches. What players you'd like to see? That, that that still that we haven't seen a uh, play you know there's a lot of players that haven't come out of the bench either uh Ankel was a big surprise in the first match so that that shows you that you have players back there that can really back up the team what, what players would you guys like to see yet that we haven't seen it in the field well it's a player that we've seen before in in paraguay but but somebody that i, I think would be would be really interesting in in this game is somebody like Lucena. I think I remember uh, uh, Lucena is like a great midfield player. He's very good at controlling possession and finding spaces. Uh, but he's already, he's always played in Paraguay. He played for Libertad, now he's at Cerro. We've never really seen how he would do in a in a top level except for Copa Libertadores. So this is a really interesting game if he was picked which from looking at some of the lineups he could be included, uh, is to see how good is his level. He's about 25, 26. He's kind of in the prime of his of his career. And for whatever, you know, for whatever reasons, he never managed to, to make that step abroad. And he reminds me a lot of a, of a Paraguayan player in the past, uh, Topo Cáceres, who was also at Libertad for a long time. Didn't make the move abroad until maybe it was a bit too late for his for his career, but he was also an, you know, an excellent player that was part of the Paraguay team that went to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. And we saw in that World Cup that someone like Topo Cáceres, when he was at his prime, was, was good enough to be at that, that top level. So somebody like Lucena, it would be very interesting to see. He's won titles at Libertad, he's won titles now with, with Cerro. How good could he be in a game like this against a team as big as Argentina? Well, I think also as well, I think a player that a lot of people would want to see play, and we don't know if he will, but someone that we've already been accustomed at watching is Richard Sanchez. You know, Richard Sanchez obviously has a, a good history against Argentina. He scored his debut goal against them in the Copa America. So he knows these type of matches. And I think I think he underst I think a lot of fans want him to be in that midfield where he can be that kind of box-to-box -box midfielder and and also try to track back well and, and and start the attack as as well so yeah he's definitely one that I think would be interesting I mean from a special point of view I, I'd, I'd really like to see how Kaku Romero does I mean that that's a that's a big thing for him I mean you know he's played at youth level in Argentina he played in Argentina he was Argentine born and raised decides to play for Paraguay I mean what better way than to to play probably the biggest game of your match of your career than against the country that you were born in and raised in i mean that's that's um that's important and i think um, ralph if i remember correctly we've seen also a lot of argentine born paraguayan score in this game um toro acuña if i remember correctly scored against argentina you know he's argentine born played for paraguay um so it just kind of puts in that kind of special factor about how We have all these Argentine Paraguayans. Gaston Jimenez as well is there. I mean, he scored in the last game. Maybe this one is going to be a really special game, especially since he was already coached by Scaloni. He played a friendly with with Argentina under Lionel Scaloni, mm -hmm. so clearly know some of the teammates yeah. that he'll be he'll be facing if he does get the the nod on Thursday. And and that's going to be interesting. I mean, it, it'll it will be very cool to see. I mean. We can only hope it could happen, but it would be very cool to see one of these guys score against their their native country where they were born and raised in, and and help them help their adopted country win. Yeah, the, the one I remember, Roberto, is Jonathan Favro, who scored the penalty we mentioned before in in World Cup qualifiers. I'm I'm trying to think if Lucas Barrios ever scored against Argentina, but I don't think so. Copa America, a, yeah, he did. Copa America. America, 2015. There we go. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So, so yeah, so there, it could be it could be that X factor, right? Picking these players that, that have even added motivation apart from what we've all, all talked about, that kind of motivation you have. Um, I think also just quickly another another player I was I was thinking about is Sanabria that that scored, and then you have Lescano who's on form as well, but then Lescano didn't perform in the first two games. So is this? If you were looking to switch your your striker, would this be the moment that you have somebody scoring two you know two games in a row in La Liga? That that could be an option. You you kind of took mine away, uh, Ralph. <laughs> But it's okay. <laughs> I'll give it to you. 
Uh, I was going to say, yeah, uh, Tony Sanabria is one of the guys that I've been following um, for, a, for a while now be, uh, since he had that big uh, goal against Real Madrid, uh, I think well, back in 2018. So, you know, he's someone that I've been looking um, looking uh, after. But, you know, he, I think he deserves more of a playing time. I, I feel like he's a great player. He, he's, he doesn't have... Um, as much um, goals, I guess, uh, as he should, I think, because he's a great player. If you see him play, he, he makes a lot of chances and, 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 and he's fast and he knows how to communicate as well. So I, I, I think he could be one of the, the players that Berisa should be testing out more and giving more time. Um, another player that I also thought of, and um, not because he has my middle name, um, Cecilia Dominguez, uh, which I don't understand why he's not being called. Um, I, I don't know, Phil, if you have some backstory on that, but um, I think he's uh, he's been a good player so far, in my opinion, at Guarani. He's, he's uh, had some uh, fabulous games, uh, but I'm, not, I'm just not sure why Beriso hasn't called. I think he could have been called like, uh, uh, instead of other players here that I see on the rosters, but you know, maybe sometime, maybe the next uh, qualifiers uh, phase that we see. But um, I would like to see him more um, more playing time as well. Well, I'm agreeing with most of the guys that you guys are, with most of the names that you guys are mentioning. I have a couple of myself, you know. We have such good players. It's really hard to not give him at least a chance. You know, you have Robert Rojas that hasn't played much lately in River, but he's such a good player and he can be an option also on the right side, especially when when we when we lose Alberto Spinola that I think has taken a big advantage after these first two matches by, by his level. And because, because he's a fast uh, defender also, you know, I think that style of defenders can can really adjust to the style that Berizzo is trying to play also. And I think Robert uh, Rojas, uh, Patino, that was on the last uh, first two matches, I think he's another center back that could uh, fit into that style. They're different from Gomez. They're different from Balbuena. They're, they're not as tall and they're not as big, they're, but they're fast players and they, they cover a lot better, I believe, that the space that's defensive-wise, right? And then you have in the midfield so many uh, different kind of players. I, I believe Richard Sanchez ha has... Has paid his debt and and he 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 deserves more more playing time. I, I think that's why people are asking so much about him. And then you have players that can be so important coming off the bench, uh, like Oscar Romero, like Kaku Romero Gamarra. Also, Oscar and, and Kaku give you that that set piece, that, those free kicks that we lacked, I believe, in the first two matches. Also, so maybe uh, maybe maybe count with these guys. And I believe you have to give it to Tony Sanabria eventually. You know, the nine, the, the shirt, you have to throw it at him and be like, this game is yours. You have to do something in this game or, or, or two or three games and wait for him to, to, to really show up because he's been in the national team for a while and he just hasn't been able to, to get that spot. But right now it looks like Lescano is still going to be the striker. And then you have a whole bunch of guys that are playing for that spot. You got Raul Bobadilla that, that's again uh, making the squad and you have Sebastian Ferreira, which is the fresh name, but is probably the guy with the best uh, scoring average in 2020. So maybe he's the hot guy right now and maybe you just have to put him in the pitch and who knows, maybe he makes an important goal in one of these two matches. And it's good that you mentioned uh, possible lineups because I know well, obviously we're going to get into who should play and, and obviously should start. Uh, Feda, you did have some information about that. Um, certainly, I'm sure you guys, or from what I understand, we haven't seen any official news about a possible starting 11, but Fede, I, I believe that you have something uh, up your sleeve or at least that was given to you. So what's the latest on a possible lineup for the game against Argentina? Yeah, keep in mind, we don't have the chance to get to the practices. You know, this is just information about, you know, just talking to the guys, just talking to different journalists here in Paraguay. But Silva is going to be the, 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 the starting goalkeeper. Keep in mind that we had trouble with the goalkeepers. We have several injured players, especially Fernandez Gatito. That was the first goalkeeper versus Venezuela. He's out for a while now. And they even questioned Berizzo about that uh, on the first match versus Peru, I, uh, I have to correct myself, uh, Fernandez got injured and he couldn't come back after that. Silva, uh, Anthony, he's going to be our, our, our goalkeeper, a guy 
with a lot of experience in the in the defense. Spinola uh, apparently is going to be at one hundred percent. He he's been practicing lately. Uh, he 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 hasn't been playing these last couple of matches with Cerro Porteño, his club, but he is apparently going to be in the starting right side. And then you have Gomez and Balbuena apparently being the center backs. Balbuena getting a, a, another chance here besides Gomez. Balbuena playing a lot lately in West Ham and Alonso might take the left side because Arzamendia didn't make it and especially because Blas uh, Riveros got injured uh, on the last minute and he couldn't make it on the squad either. He was one of the guys that, that was that was called up but couldn't make it to the practices. And then in the midfield, uh, Jimenez, Morel and Villasanti. Here we have Morel coming in, right? Uh, especially because, because of Cuba's absence also. Cubas uh, was going to miss the first match versus Argentina, but he also got injured, so he's out of the next two matches. He won't be against Bolivia either. So there we have probably Jorge Morel, and you know, Ralph was mentioning him. Why not think of Lucena also uh, taking that spot in the midfield? And then uh, I believe the three guys that started the last match will be again up there: Almiron Lescano and Angel Romero, that won his spot after that very special moment versus Peru in the first match. Yeah, certainly a, a lot of names. I mean, guys, it's, uh, I, I think you would feel, I would say, in agreement on the defense. I think the midfield, you do have a bit of of options, but it's the case of like, you know, who do you take out? Like, you know, you have options with Matias Rojas, Richard Sanchez, um, you know, uh, Lucena. Um, you know, you, you have a ton of options there. Um, and the attack, you know, still no scenario. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, certainly it feels as if though his form, but again, you know, he's competing with someone who's also on form in, um, in Mexico with, Lis- uh, with Liscano. It, it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to have that kind of competition, but ultimately it's, it seems as if the Liscano has something to prove. And, and I think it might be enough for this game against Argentina. I think the one of the things Lescano also gives you is the is the running, right? I mean, he's he's a guy that can also cover a lot of ground without the ball, uh, chase a lot of balls, and that might be something that Berisso is thinking. Even though he wants us to hopefully have more possession, there's a there's a likelihood we we won't have the ball for long stretches of the game. So maybe he's he can trust Lescano a bit more in in that position, um, and then otherwise across the, the team I kind of generally agree with it that there's the maybe the one question mark is Morel or Lucena that would be between those between those two I'm kind of a fan of both but but I, what I like about Lucena is I think he gives you a bit more control his technical ability with the ball is maybe stronger where Morel is stronger I think is recuperation and and kind of that defensive positioning let's rem- let's remind people Rav that Morel Jorge Morel had two serious problems this year first he had dengue which is a mosquito biting you and having fever for days for days and he uh, uh, got covid for the for a month ago so he has he's in recovery he's not a hundred percent we see that's the way we've seen him in the matches with Guarani We, we haven't seen that Jorge Morel that that we've seen before you know that that guy hasn't come back yet so we got to tell that also to to people you know I think he's a very important guy I think he he played a couple of friendlies and he looks like a like 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 a like a guy that can solve you a lot of problems there in the midfield but I don't know if he's a hundred percent right now and Lucena is playing in the best team in Paraguay Cerro Porteño and he's one of the their best players also if, mm-hmm. if you put if you put him there one, one versus the other one, I I think Lucena's having a better moment right now. Yeah, and he also plays alongside Biasanti, who's who we are assuming is going to be there. So they already have that that understanding. And then just one mention of the of the defense is we were talking about players that know Argentina. Well, Junior Alonso actually played at Boca Juniors and the games in the Bombonera, so he's he's a perfect fit there and he's also having a great season with Atletico Mineiro that I think they're I don't think they're top but they're they're fighting in the yeah, title they're, at the they're moment. in within the top three if I'm not mistaken yeah so so that's a that's a great person to be able to to fill in in inverted commas at left back because he's actually did start his career at left back before before moving inside so um I think it's it's, um, it's a strong team, mainly in agreement with, with all of it. There's the, a couple of toss-ups, I guess, the Sanabria Lescano and the, and the Lucena Morel. 
Yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with you, Raf. It's a great team. I was going to say that I think we're really lucky to have so many options out there. And it's really sad that we have a bunch of our good players out, but you know, this is what all these options are for. And, and I think that we have a fantastic pool of players that we can, that Beriso can choose from. So it's, it's very positive in my opinion. It's, it's it looks very good. Um, we still don't know. We still have other players that haven't been called. So, you know, who, who knows? And, and um, I just wanted to point that out that it's, we have a good, a good, a good set of uh, call-ups this time. And I think as well, more than anything, and I think we mentioned this even when the first call-ups came in, is that you want to maintain a base of players. I mean, we've already used so many different players on the Red Easels, like 49 or something. So you don't want to super, you don't want to go over that uh, for the next couple months. I think ultimately you want to maintain a, a base of players, you know, the, because that's a, because I think that's important for many of those teams that want to make the World Cup. I think they're, they're they want to solidify a, team of the same players and you know kind of play by memory of, of what we mm -hmm. what we see with teams like I don't know Brazil Argentina and Colombia etc cetera, etc cetera. um if especially you player, especially you know, Roberto in these first four matches right that you only have a month yeah. in between now you after these four matches you're gonna have to wait until March I believe right there you're gonna have four yeah. months and players are probably gonna be in, in a totally different form and then you can call a lot of players like Maria said that are probably out right now or that are injured also then we might see other players but right now and especially since uh, after what we saw versus Peru and then Venezuela Berizzo didn't change that much yeah yeah and I think it's I think it's great that we're having this discussion and we're saying there's probably only two players or three players that we're we're thinking about so that base is there right we it's not like we're all thinking, oh, why did he pick so-and-so player? Which we were saying at this time a month ago, I think with the lineup of Peru, we're like, oh, really? Is he going to, you know, why this player, why this team? And we've kind of seen more of the idea over two games. And, and we're all sat here thinking, okay, this makes sense. So I think we're finding that base, which is, which is very positive. Yeah. And I think as well, it's... Um... It, it, like you said, it's it's a good mention that you know anything can happen by the time of here to March. But I think for these type of games where you know these guys are traveling from all around the world and you only have a short amount of time to train, so it's best to always have the players that you've already been accustomed to and what worked last month, and then to play that out in the first game because I'm assuming you know tomorrow at the time of recording they have to travel to Argentina and then they have to play the game. So. It's but there are going to be there are going to be a couple of things you are not going to repeat though, right, Berizzo? Oh, I mean, you're not going to put Almiron on the right side again. You're not going to put Hernan Perez again on the team. You know, some things didn't really work on the first two matches, and I hope he doesn't experiment that much anymore. Those things look kind of weird versus versus Peru, and then you you saw the change in the second half after he had to uh, probably fix his own mistakes. Also, I think. I hope Berizzo learned from his mistakes. This is a guy that's also learning, right? He he, he already did this with Chile, uh, with with Bielsa by his side. But he's having he's the head coach now. He's the one that's making the big the big calls, the big decisions, especially on the second half when you have the 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 the, the changes. You know, when you can make the subs to to actually do something different with the team. Uh, I hope he he starts picking them right. Also, for now, it's only Angel Romero the the the, the big change that he's made on this team. Definitely. And he was the one, obviously, that scored. So it's, it shows maybe what he has in mind. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait. Um, but, guys, I mean, certainly it, it's time to now predict. Um, I know. Yes, only Ralph. Only Ralph, please. No, no, no. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> you too, Fede. Um, and, and just because of that, I, I will go to you first, but I'm going to give you my predictions. So um, I think they are two games that are obviously winnable. I think we have to feel a bit optimistic in, in both of them, really. And it's kind of funny to say that, um, especially for the first game. But, you know, Ralph, like we had mentioned in the beginning, we know who we're dealing with. We have the history. The players know that they're up for it. And, you know, we hear it from so many people. It's always special to play against Argentina. Um, so what better way than to not get a good result there to, to show how serious we'll be? I mean, I would like for a win. I don't think we'll get it in this one. I actually will think that this Argentina side, yes, it has star power. It has great talent. I, I, we, we, we all admit that. But maybe it's not as convincing as one would say. I, I, I personally agree. 
I personally think that Paraguay can come out of this game with a good result. And for me, I would go for a 1-1 draw. I think if they're able to get a 1-1 draw, La Momoneda, that gives us even more motivation to get the three points against Bolivia, which I think they will win. I think they should be convincing in that game. It will be tight because I think history proves it that we shouldn't get complacent and we shouldn't be arrogant against a, a team like Bolivia. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think uh, they will get the results and they will win. I'm going to say 3-0 in this game as well. Well, I like I like that prediction, uh, Roberto. Uh, I'm gonna say that that we're gonna get another historical win versus Argentina away. Yes, I have, uh, I have my confidence with these guys now after what I saw in the first two matches, and I think we need a big win like this one. Hopefully, this time the refs won't do what they usually do, and hopefully the bar won't be there. Uh, looking for something that doesn't really happen and hopefully that doesn't happen and we beat Argentina and then we come here also and win probably uh, a tough match versus versus Bolivia like they normally do and and get the six points and hit Palma here hit the streets with, with the people and start celebrating since we're going to be closer and we're going to be up there in qualifications where we want to see the Paraguay in between those teams that are going to the next World Cup with only four games being played yeah and I think it's important I think getting um what is it six points yeah 10 points within your first four games is, is huge it's a huge thing to get into even even when I mentioned to get seven to finish unbeaten is is great honestly sorry was it seven no three six eight never mind eight points yeah it, it's a positive thing and you stay unbeaten I think that's that's the important thing but um Ralph I mean this this one is certainly you know you got to put your history cap on this one but also you know the bookie uh, it's always interesting to see what the bookies say about this one as well but how do you see Paraguay faring these two games against Argentina and Bolivia? I'm, I'm really surprised by Fede's optimism to start. Like in the first, in the first preview, he was kind of the guy that was a bit like, I'm not too sure. And now it's like, okay, we're going to win in Argentina. Okay. I'll give you a quick bit of history. We played Argentina 102 times and we've won 16 times. So the odds are not so much in our favor, like at 15%. Um, I'm I'm gonna side with Roberto on this one with the with the one or draw. I think I can I can see us playing a good game there, and I can see Messi scoring a penalty or something, which he seems to be doing every week at the moment. So I'll go for the the one or draw because of the Messi factor. Otherwise, we could have we could have grabbed the victory. And for Bolivia, I'm actually quite quite confident because I have a feeling he will make a couple of those changes and use some of the younger players. That have something to prove, maybe a, maybe even a Sebas Pereira, or definitely a Sanabria. Um, you know, see a couple of, of players like Arzamendia who will hopefully be back for that second game. And I think we can beat run out three nil winners. I'll go against that, but against that Bolivia team. So one one and three three nil. Love it, Ralph. I uh, I was gonna say. I was going to say at the beginning of this uh, segment, last segment, I was going to go for a draw with Argentina. But then I remembered Messi hasn't been playing so well lately. And that's something that he's famously known for in, in Argentina, not playing well, not coming through, not finishing. So that's something that we have to remember as well. So I'm going to go and be optimistic as always. And I'm going to go for um, a 2-1 for Argentina and a 3-0 with Bolivia, which it's very confident as well. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I mean, this is, this is it, it, it kind of feels weird, but at the same time, you look at all the factors that come in, you start to think to yourself, yeah, it could be done. It could be done. We can go into these two games and get six points and, yeah, that would be a, a fantastic way to end the year. And it would be a complete 180. You know, Fede, I remember you were talking about how you weren't as convinced of this side as of yet, but to then go play their first four games and to finish unbeaten and and maybe if they're lucky, maybe go top of the table. It'd be great. It'd be great. I, I think it's just what we need to keep building, you know, because this is a team that's doing just that with Berizzo, with the new head coach, with, with new players also coming in. Uh, I think this team needs these big wins or, or at least make two wins to get, 
get a streak with, of wins, you know. I, I think we need to feel the, that confidence and, and, and the people also, they, they need that happiness. They, they, they need to get that feeling back with, with, their, with their national team, with their, with their Albi Roja. So I, I think it would be fabulous. That's why I'm going with the six points. Don't, don't make me think about it too much. Yeah, definitely. I think I think we we have every right. And uh, Maria, I mean, you you picked um, in all the games that we predicted the four games. You go, went for four wins. So aside from the one game against Peru, maybe you go seventy five percent and and be perfect on that part. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, fingers crossed that we get good results. I, I mean, I think there's something there that works. I think there is a team that wants to get their goal. And you know, going I'm trying to go back to the interview that we had with Diego is just like these guys know what's at stake. They know that they can make their own history. And again, it, it's just getting these results, it's getting these games against the big teams like Argentina. I mean, it, like I said, if you're able to get a win in Buenos Aires, which Rob as well, I mean, aside from us, teams don't really get too much results in Buenos Aires as well. I mean, some teams have beaten them, obviously, um, in Argentina as well. I mean, we've beaten them. We've gotten draws and whatnot. So Who's to say that we can't come out of this and, you know, people start to take a lot of attention towards us. Like they start to feel serious and think, okay, maybe this, this team has enough to do something in this, in this qualifier. So yeah, it's, it'll be interesting and fingers crossed that we can get those two results and, and to end the year of, of what has been a really terrible year, I think for, for all of us in terms of COVID, but at least for the Paraguayan national team, we can feel that kind of optimism uh, heading into these two games. So, um, yeah, no, again, this is, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. It should be super exciting. And, and again, fingers crossed that we can get those two results against Argentina and Bolivia. So guys, I mean, I have nothing else to mention. So I think uh, it's a good way to wrap this up. Uh, so thank you again for, for listening for myself, for Brito Rojas, for Ralph Hanna, Maria Britos and Fede Perez. Thank you for listening to our world cup qualifier preview. See you soon.